Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh, my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's Didier Drogba. And now get it in the middle of the top again. Mix it on the middle. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on the middle. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Drop it in the center. The boy just came to the the Bleak as this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. I am your host, Shemi. I'm joined today by Buzzy Hayden, bro. What's good, man? I'm alright. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a minute since I heard from you. It's good to have you on. Yeah, you know, every now and then, pop up when I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Joining us from from, from quite far away but um yeah so um if you if you haven't already uh make sure you uh follow chessie hour on twitter uh and be sure to interact interact with us through touchline fracker the hashtag um you can feel free to add the main point or at chessie um and yeah let's get right into it so we've had two games this week um we're gonna we're, we're gonna start with the most recent game so um tuesday night um, a two-one victory over Salzburg, which sees us um, through to the knockout stages and effectively top the group, all but confirmed, um, barring a seven-goal or something like that. So something like a seven-goal sweep from AC Milan. Um, I think that was our best performance on the part. If I'm being completely honest with you, um, before we get into the game, um, mm-hmm. I just want to I just want to ask you: Do you agree that that was our our best performance on the part, or? Um, is there any other game in mind that probably comes? Because to me, I thought that was the most comfortable and probably the most entertaining we've, we've, we've looked. Um, I think you could argue, because maybe it's just because we took the chances and the game ended up more comfortable. Um, I, one of the AC Milan legs, maybe. Um, but for number of chances kind of created and some kind of um, cohesive team football, we had a number of moves that were 
better than a lot of what we've seen in the last few Premier League games. You could say that's down to the opposition, but I actually think Salzburg, if anything, were pretty impressively organized. Um, I like credit to them that game. Uh, we didn't take our chances, but I do think that was one of the better kind of displays of, okay, this is what our football could look like. Um, and I do think on a creativity and attacking front, that was, that was one of the better performances. I might, I might put one of the Milan legs. The, the Premier League games have been a little hit and miss. Even the ones we've won have been not, not lucky, but goals kind of either out of nowhere or, you know, set piece, whatever it is. Um, doesn't mean it, you know, like Villa, we won two nil, but I don't know if that, you know, that was like a tremendous performance, for example. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of the better, one of the better performances. Yeah, yeah, I can, I, I definitely agree. Um, it's, it's funny though because um, I remember when um, Arsenal fans were clipping that that clip of um, Arteta's early period against Manchester City, and, um, and it feels like Chelsea fans are gonna use that same clip as well. The the, the clip from the um, Aubameyang chance where he built, built it up from the back and then all the way to the front, and then Aubameyang um, he shouldn't scored, but um, it was a very very good move. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. I think it was a very very good performance. I also agree with what you said about Salzburg because um, Salzburg they 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 were very, they were quite good actually. Um, I think they pressed us um, very very high when we had the ball um, at the back. But like we do because our players are, are really good in possession. Um, we done really well to beat the press, and that was actually what formed the basis of um, some of those good moments that we saw um, when we were able to kind of build attacks from the back um, and kind of just play through the phases. Um, which was good to see. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think um, it's, it's one of those games whereby if you're looking for like a sign um, of what um, Graham Potter's best kind of team looks like, um, that was one of those games. Um, and it's one of those games that, you know, like a Graham Potter stand or someone who's kind of in support of him will probably refer back to when kind of backing him, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's get into the game though. Let's get into the game. So um obviously he lined up with it was it was it was a weird one. It was a very <laughs> yeah. from an intentional point of view, it was very attacking. Would you would you agree? Yeah, I would. I think I think the whole what what got the most I think we'll I'm sure we'll end up talking about it, but what got the most attention were these kind of depending how you want to argue it, these to be to be a little reductive, these attackers playing at wing back. Um that was kind of what drew the attention. And I'm not sure we'll A see that a lot in the Premier League, B, it'll work as well in the Premier League. But importantly, I think that was kind of a decision driven by necessity too. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, you know, they're going to drop back. The midfielder is going to help cover. We have three center backs. It all kind of is different in and out of possession. Um, so it's not as clear cut as saying all these wingers are playing are playing wing back. Um, we're going like super attacking. Um, but it was definitely more offensive than you could have selected for sure. And I think that makes sense for a game like Salzburg. Um, it did put us under the the gun a little bit for the beginning. The first 15, 20 minutes, the Salzburg looked especially good. We were, we were struggling to sort of keep up as well. Um, we made some changes later that kind of helped uh, smooth things out. But um, the intent, you could see like, okay, we're going to take the game to them. We have these, these kind of wingers who are going to drop back and then push really high up. Um, on paper, I kind of get it. I also think like, who else are we going to play at right back? Ask Billy Quinn, they can't play three games a week, even two games a week, arguably, even one game a week, depending who you are. Um, but uh, we didn't get a backup for Reese James. So, like, that's what it is. So, I'm not that surprised to see one of the attackers or midfielders playing uh, right wing back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you had something interesting there. Um, you said it was kind of out of necessity. Why did you think it was out of necessity, just out of curiosity? Um, I guess you could you could have gone with a four two three one, but then it's even it's even 
or four three three, then it's even um, more of a question of who would, who would play right back if you unless you are fine running Aspilicueta into the ground. Um, so I think by necessity, you're like, all right, well, these are the options. We have center backs missing, and we have uh, we have Reese James missing, and Aspilicueta really needs a rest. So at that point, you kind of have to play a wing back because you don't want you don't want somebody else playing more a pure defensive role. Um, and uh, Chilwell needs some rest too. So between those two things. I'm not surprised he opted for wingbacks. And then, like I said, given the options, a, a winger or an attacker, or maybe off to Sheik again, kind of has to play wingback. Um, so I kind of see how we arrived, even though people don't love it. I don't think it's necessarily going to be what he does long-term, but I kind of see when you look at the fitness of the back line and our options, why we ended up with, with wingbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't I can't disagree with that. Um, in terms of especially the fact that Chilwell kind of still needs to be favored. I think Potter was saying it actually yeah. that um, he's definitely still. I think the physios or the doctors they they actually told Potter that um, Chilwell needs a rest or something like that. Um, and yeah, obviously you can't rush back and as to the ground. So fully, fully agree with that. Uh, you also said something very interesting in terms of um, you can't see it being deployed in the Premier League, and that was actually my exact thoughts um, yesterday. I was thinking to myself, yeah, I like the intention of this, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's good against you know a team like Salzburg who were who even though are, are, are pretty decent opposition, um, were probably comfortably better than we're probably going to have the vast majority of possession. Um, and in terms of like being intentional to win the game, they're probably going to set up in a low block. Um, it probably makes sense in a game like this, but um, in the Premier League, um, I can just see it if you ever like tried it from the beginning, which I don't think you would to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. I could just see it being a very dangerous tactic, just having only three defenders um, in the team um, against, you know, Premier League opposition, Premier League quality. Um, you know, this the league, I think everyone's saying it this year, that how hard the league is um, from, from right from, from the bottom to the top. Um, there's just so much quality everywhere. And I just feel like it would be very dangerous and we could get done if we ever did that. But um, like I said, I don't think Potter would do that from the start. I think he, I could only envision him doing it um, as like a, if we're chasing the game. But um, yeah, so let, let's actually get into the game itself. So, uh, as you as you kind of touched on, it was it was a bit of a a slow start as it as it has been on the part. You know, we haven't start. I don't think we started any game. Uh, yeah, the first fifteen minutes keep yeah. giving me anxiety. <laughs> like... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and yeah, like we can we we slowly grew into the game slowly. I think the goal was a massive, massive help because um, from when we scored. We knew Salzburg were going to come out eventually, and then that's mm-hmm. when we were able to kind of pick pick them off, like through the gaps and play through the phases. Um, but yeah, what was your general thoughts on the, on the game, the first half? We can start with, um, and yeah, let, let me let me know how how you saw it. Yeah, so uh, the f- first fifteen twenty weren't that comfortable, like you said. The goals really kind of settled us in, which is which is strange. Um, not strange. I'm not saying that's like unusual, but it's strange that like we took the goal happening to kind of be like, all right, we're like, we should be winning this game. Like, what are we doing? Kind of focused. It it refocused the team. Sometimes it does the opposite. Um, But in this instance, it made us uh, kind of wake up and we played better from there on out. Um, Kind of a, kind of a fluky goal, not not a total fluke, but we put the ball in the box and uh, it kind of deflected out to Kovacic and he did this almost toe poke finish and just kind of, (laughs) kind of just went in. Um, he tends to score uh, ranged goals when he finally finally does score. Yeah, um, he scores good goals. Yeah. Um, so you know, you, it wasn't against the run of play or anything on the whole. They definitely they definitely were good in the opening, but it's like, all right, cool, we got on the, we got on the score sheet. Um, my concern, somewhat, it's two sided because normally, if we needed, like the Villa game, we we won with these mount goals. Um, 
if you need like a long range goal or a free kick or a set piece, it can be a little concerning that you can't score without like, well, if he got like Gallagher's long range winner, right? Like on one hand, you could argue, yeah, well, that's the players in your team. If they're capable of scoring those goals, cool. Like that's, that's a positive. That's part of the team. That's what they're there for. Um, the other side of that though, is you can definitely argue that that's a bit hard to do consistently. Like that's not really repeatable. Uh, long range shots are, are, you know, a bit of a, bit of a gamble rolling the dice. Um, if you have a specialist, he's obviously going to score more than, than the average player, but, uh, in general, teams are fine limiting you to long-range shots, right? Because the XG on those is low, low. The expectation that they go in is not is not there. So it's a little bit like, oh, we scored this, you know, this Kovacic kind of rebound shot, and then we scored. We only won the game because Havertz decided to curl one in. Um, on the flip, nor- normally that would concern me. In this game in particular, I'm not that concerned because we missed about three other really good chances. Yeah. So yeah. we we yeah. create like we should have been up three 0 at halftime, arguably. Um, Aubameyang probably could have come away with a hat trick from this game. Uh, he missed the really one, uh, the really good chance that on the on the team move that he just shot into the keeper. Um, there's, a, um, you know, my memory of it's a little less good than it was the day of, but I remember at least another good chance. Um, and so overall, I'm not like, oh, well, we got lucky because we should have still we should have still won the game, like by by a few goals. Um, it just so happened we missed the easier ones and then uh, and then scored some really good range goals. Um, I don't know if you saw it the same way. I think overall the 90 minutes were still. We're still solid, uh, and Salzburg did a credit to themselves, but we were, I would definitely say, the, the better team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think we played very well. I think we were definitely deserving of the victory. Um, I think the, the best thing about the game is that there were so many good individual performances. Um, it was almost sport for choice picking man in the match, um, but I guess we can get to individuals soon. But yeah, overall, the team the team was really, really good. Um and I, can, and I can only agree with you. Um, if it was like a, a game where we didn't really create too many chances, uh, we didn't look good on the ball, we were sloppy, then yeah, winning the game by two fantastic long-range shots would probably worry me. But the, the, that, that wasn't the case against Salzburg. It definitely was. Um, uh, it, it was it was a case where the better team kind of got what they deserved, and, and in that case, it was us. Um, so yeah, and I think... And I think there was a few moves that impressed me. Like you said, you alluded to the Aubameyang one. And I think there was another one. I think Aubameyang had two, actually. He was involved yeah. in two of the moves. Um, there was one where Sterling, um, I think Kovacic flicked it, flicked it to Sterling. Sterling played to Aubameyang. Then he shot powerfully near post. Um, that was a really impressive move as well. And it seems like, I think I said this on the last pod, um, that number one, Aubameyang's link-up is, is looking quite good. And also number two, he seems to have developed quite decent chemistry with the players in and around him. So um, particularly Sterling to his left-hand side, whenever they play together uh, by the United game, which we'll probably speak about, um, they seem to have struck up something. Um, and then obviously when you've got a player like Kovacic as well, who um, seems to have been given a little bit of, of license on the part to kind of get forward and kind of be a little bit more free. Um, mm-hmm. And we know what Kovacic is about. Kovacic is a super, super footballer um, with great link-up play. When he's given a license to get in and around the box as well, only, only good things can happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen it the same way in terms of the way Aubameyang being linking up, and also have you also seen it the same way in terms of Kovacic being given like more license to kind of go do his thing um, further forward, or is it just uh, me? Yeah, I think I think Aubameyang. I know some people would agree with you. I've seen a lot of comments that um, his link of play is like bad. Anything but shooting is is not good. Uh, his passing or decision making. I agree with you on he's good with certain players and in certain kinds of movements. In others, when he has to really like 
play a like particularly good pass or I don't know. Sometimes his decision making is not great. Um, I think it was kind of the inverse that game. His his movement and link up was good, and his finishing was the issue. Um, Kovacic, I definitely agree on. It's actually interesting. I think we're seeing this progression. Maybe he's just hitting his prime and really hitting his stride. But I do think he keeps like ratcheting up both his uh, performances and his kind of freedom with each successive manager we've been getting. Um, he started pretty good, but he was a little restricted. And then it was like, ooh, under Tuchel, he kind of has this more. He's getting more more minutes. A more kind of license um we saw some more defense splitting through balls and kind of plays like that um in this season he's now doing that even more um i think potter's kind of hybrid weird structures allowing him a bit of a roaming role um and i do think that's working for him he can do a bit of everything uh usually except shoot so we even got some of that um so i uh i i kind of hit i'm, I'm fine if he gets on the ball more that's that's good for me yeah, definitely. And I think um I think now I'm starting to when I the more I watch him nowadays, I'm starting to remember that he actually was a ten, a number ten coming up at Inter Milan. Um and yeah, as you said, like just like watching Kovacic over the years, um, he's always been a superb footballer and I think um he's got so much skill he's got such a, a wide skill set in terms of he can dribble, um, he can pretty much do everything and and, and I think the final third stuff was was the issue that um, a lot of fans had, especially I remember on the Sarri, um, that was a big issue, and on the Lampard, both on the Sarri and Lampard, his first couple of seasons, mm-hmm. um, that was that was a lot of fans' problem with him. But um, as you said, like under Tuchel last season, before he got injured, um, and even when he came back from injury, um, he was definitely the one playing a lot, most of the progressive passes, um, trying to find the four players like Lukaku and Havertz. And then this season, he's carried on even more um, his progressive passes this season have been so so good. They've just been like so much intent, um, punches it through the line literally. And then when he's able to kind of dribble in in and around the box as well and play like you know link, little flicks, one touch passes, it's it's just a joy to watch. He he he's he's a very 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 good footballer. Um, but yeah, he he's becoming very very integral to his team in terms of what we do going forward, not just in the middle actions, but. But actually going forward, he's actually become a key part. And I think um, a lot of the fan base have kind of cried out for this creativity, creative player um, for us to sign, that, that our team lacks creativity, which which, 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 is, which is true. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like Kovacic is really kind of, it's kind of taken on that, that mantle a little bit, um, especially in recent games. And it's not necessarily um, him like playing this like killer ball all the time, even though he is trying. But it's like it's, it's that alongside dribbling, alongside just just yeah, just being very very um, intentional with everything he does on the ball. Um, so yeah, it's really really good to see. It's good to see because he can he can he can potentially solve. He can to an extent he can solve a little bit of that issue that we have, um, and especially when you've got a manager that kind of encourages those kind of actions in terms of you know um, everything happening in the final third and making like going forward as quickly as possible. Um, it can really build well. So yeah, I'm 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 very very happy with him. Mm-hmm. I've always backed um, him. So I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's move on to the second half. So obviously, Kai Havertz scores a, a wonderful goal. Actually, you know they equalised first of all, and then yeah. Kai Havertz kind of um, scores. I think they had a little bit. They had a little bit of pressure. I'd say maybe for about ten minutes after they equalised. Yeah, I don't think the game of, was that comfortable yeah. for ninety. Even though mm-hmm. we made all these chances, it was definitely like, well, we didn't take their chances, so now we're going to blow the game, and we usually do. We were lucky to not. So, 
Exactly, exactly, yeah. So they applied a little bit of pressure, I'd say, for about 10 minutes after they equalised. And then we kind of took control of the game again, started creating chances. And then come to the second goal, um, I think I think Pulisic done done really well there. I can't lie to you. Um, mm-hmm. The way he was able to retain the ball um, under, under quite a little bit of pressure, but he was able to dribble, hold, hold off the defender, give it to Havertz. And my word, what a strike. It reminded me of the goals he scored for Germany against England a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um Look, listen. Last week we we kind of we kind of let let it rip on Kai a little bit. Um, what, so I, I thought Kai was really really good actually. Um, yep. He wasn't my man of the match personally. Um, I think Kovacic and Chalobah were better, but he he was he was good. He was good. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on um, his performance yesterday and just generally how are you feeling about Kai um, generally because you know we we're, we're always up and down with him. You know he gives us kind of these really good moments and then we kind of don't see it for a while. But what's your thoughts on him generally and yesterday? Yeah, so I think like we've we've called it the curious case of Kai Havertz before, and I think we can just use that again, but this time in a positive spin. Um, it's like what I so context-wise, I've always liked him. I thought he was going to be a hit for us. We had definitely haven't seen his best consistently. You could kind of write off the Lampard COVID season as just weirdness, um, but under Tuchel, he got a lot of playing time and he scores sometimes, and others he looks disinterested. He misses chances. Um, I think overall his production was okay relative to his minutes up top and all that. But um, I don't think for one that I would have played him as like a true nine or like a hold up type player. I do like him deeper because he tends to do that anyway. And I think some of his strengths lie in the link up, but the bottom line is we don't see his best attributes that often, or at least consistently enough, which rightly has gotten people to ask, is this guy good at anything? What does he do? Um, I think you can watch plenty of footage where he demonstrates what he's good at, but some people for one, don't care if it was in the Bundesliga. They don't. They don't care. They don't want to see it. Um, two, it doesn't matter if he can't do it consistently, which I is fair. I, I mm. agree. Um, yeah. That said, one of these games, and yes, it's against Salzburg. I guess that's not a top side, but like we both said, they were they were a very competent, good side. They might be as good as some Premier League sides. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing link up play. He was dropping deep. He was doing flicks. I think the Aubameyang chance you mentioned earlier, the near post missed. I think that was the same one that clip was kind of going around where he, he was, it was kind of two on one or three on one way deep mm. on, on the touchline. And he, um, yeah, he kind yes, of worked yes, the ball out yes, from nowhere kind of yeah. it around and then gave it to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like that, that wasn't like, I'm not saying it was like the best play. I think people might over, you know say like you're reacting to that play, but it's an example of something he can, can and should do often. Like he does it pretty casually, makes it look easy. So when all told between the finishing, the link up, the flicks like that, the kind of vision, uh, you are within your rights to ask, like, why don't we see this more consistently? Um, if he can replicate in the next game or two the kind of performance we just saw, uh, he wouldn't have as many people on his back. So I, I just hope that's what he does. Um, he has a little more time, new manager, fresh slate, new system uh, to kind of once again prove himself. But, uh, you know, if by the end of the season he's still really hit and miss, you, you probably – he's still young, so I'm not going to say definitely sell him, but you are right to ask what his role in the team should be anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, to be fair, yeah, I think if there's any manager that could probably get the most out of him, it's probably Potter, just because of how, um, just because he's kind of, the way Potter kind of coaches his team is very tailored to, like, attacking and actually, like, you know, um, it suits the, the, the four players a little bit more. He kind of had um, those kind of hybrid players at Brighton, right? Like, that's, yeah. there's a role for him in that in that way. Exactly, exactly. And, and and again, I spoke about Kovacic um, having a bit of freedom. I also think the same applies to Kai. I think Kai's got a little bit of freedom as well. Um, and like you said, like he 
his best his best position his best position is a weird one. It's like it's literally any any position that gets him in and around the box. I think he said it himself today actually. Um, so whether that's like a false nine role or a number ten role, I personally think um, he looks better in the number ten when he's dropping in a bit deeper, like he was against Salzburg. Um, and he was kind of given the freedom to kind of just roam a little bit, and um, he looked he looked really good. He looked really good, um, and the goal was fabulous. So yeah, like you said, let's just hope he can put a little bit of a run together. I don't know, we'll see. Um, but it's difficult because we know when the squad is so bloated, um, and you've got players to come back in who. You know, Paul was probably thinking of playing Mount uh, against Brighton. Um, it's difficult when there's just so many mouths to feed. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he actually starts um, on Saturday. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, I wanted to come on to the defence and particularly um, Chalabar. I think, I thought Chalabar was amazing. Um, and I think um, what, what was really impressive about him is that, obviously, I've seen, I've watched him last season, this season. Um, but yesterday, sorry, against Salzburg two days ago, um, he was winning a lot of aerial duels, like in the box. And and, and I know Chalab was a, he's a he's a tall he's a tall lad, but um, I don't know if I've really seen it that much. Um, not to say he couldn't do it, but I just saw him winning so many duels in the box, like aerially from their corners because they had quite a few corners. And I was just really really impressed. On top of how he was helping us build play from the back, and I think he's really really having a. Good, I think I said it in the group chat that the way he's playing has literally made me forget that Fofana plays for Chelsea. I actually completely forgot about Fofana. Um, but yeah, I've been really, really impressed with Chalabar. And I think, yes, I think against Salzburg, he was, if, if, it, if it wasn't, if it wasn't Kovacic, man of the match, I would have given it to him. I don't know. Do, do, do you agree? What, what, what do you think of his performance? Yeah, uh, I would, I would agree. I think especially the things like, and it seems basic, but things like aerial clears, um, were very helpful because that's how they were threatening often. And he was there. I, I, I'd love to go. Maybe I can find it before we finish up. Um, see how many like clears or headers he made. Um, but I feel like a lot of the time, even even not just that one game, but lately in general, um, he's been he's been doing that for us. And that's not his only attribute. Like he is pretty good on the ball. He's a good mm. short passer. We have all these other attributes. But if, if that wasn't true, and even if he was just there and clearing as many like in swinging balls as he is, I would, <laughs> I would take that. Cause that's actually something we've, we've needed. Like often it's like, and of course nobody marks that cross in the air, like the free header. Um, so I am pretty content. Uh, <laughs> even if he just did that for us, um, he definitely has played his way, not played his way into the team, but it, it on, you know, several occasions now he's kind of been not dropped or frozen out or anything that drastic, but he's, he's been a little sidelined because it's like, so-and-so has an injury. Uh, we're playing with three center backs. Um, so under both Tuchel and Potter, it's like, well, Matt has to play, right? Like we don't have options. So like he's the next man up. He's the fourth or fifth guy in the in the lineup um, to come in. And it's seen as sort of like a necessity or a backup, but every time he does, like he's good. Uh, there's been a, uh, every defender has their moments. There's been a couple of uh, I don't know, brain farts or passing the ball away, little, little iffy moments, and he's still young, but in general, like he's pretty solid defensively. He's helped us win a lot of games. He doesn't like blow a match for us. Um, so time and again, he's like come in and been like, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not just here to like fill up space. Like I, I am good." And I think, especially these last couple of games, you can make a strong argument that we should, we should look at the age of you know Silva, obviously, and Koulibaly, see how long they're going to be around, um, and say, do we need to run out and spend? 
another 60, 80 million on the defender, Gvardiol, whoever it is that um, we think is absolutely necessary when we have him and Fafana, should we take them to and, and, you know, Koulibaly, like as the veteran CB and run there and then Nicole will be the backup, something like that. Um, I could, I could see the argument numbers wise, if we're going to continue with three at the back to, to still bring a center back in, even if Chaloba is part of the equation. But I think he, I would hope Potter would agree, uh, has played himself into like, this is not a concession to be putting him on the field. It is a, he should be considered a solid regular center back starter for us until, I don't know, not until he, he makes a, you know, big screw up, but until further notice, like there's no reason to be really that worried about him, especially if you're going to pair him with someone you think is a better ball carrier or a long passer or whatever it is. Mm, mm, it's funny because you, you make a good point. It's as if you kind of read my mind because I was, gonna, I was actually going to say that um, when Fafana comes back, I could actually see a role for him, for Chalabar, that is, um, potentially playing the middle centre-back role because obviously, as you said, Jogo Silva, he, he, um, he's been, he, he gets managed um, quite carefully. Um, and it looks like I, I thought Kunibali would actually be that guy to play in the middle role, but it looks like Kunibali is going to be is going to be deployed in the left centre back role more, um, along with Kukurella, um, and then probably play there when Kukurella plays wing back. But I think Chalobah, um, away from to get to that kind of stay in the team, um, or away for him and for Fana to be in the team is one of them to play in the middle middle centre back role with Chelsea was not there because um, I think even for Fana played there. Um, mm-hmm in our first Champions League game that we lost. And I thought Fana was actually good that game. He was one of the only players that was actually good. Um, and he, he he's super talented as well, young player. So I think I think the two of them can actually play both the roles, um, both the right centre-back role and the middle centre-back role. So I think I don't think it's all like doom and gloom when Fafana comes out. I think Chalabar can still get his fair share of game time. Um, and I'm super happy that um, kind of... Obviously, I'm not happy Fafana got injured, but when he did get injured, the first thing I thought was, OK, Chalabar gets... His chance, um, because yeah, I think he is. I think he's yeah. like the silver lining. It's like mm. if, if that hadn't happened, and I hope Fofana comes back and is fully, you know, fully fit and fine. But if that hadn't happened, uh, I think there's a strong chance that Chalobah was kept on the sideline, and then mm. the transfer window comes around. And we're like, all right, so anyway, we need a center back, and exactly. now it's like Potter should know he's good. He's seen it in multiple games. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. He, he was he was kind of he was kind of it was looking like he was getting frozen out, yeah. um, kind of on the two call before Fofana got injured, but. Yeah, man, um, I'm 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 very very happy for the lad. Um, I pulled up the numbers quick too. He had six clearances that game. Uh, he won five of four ground duels and three. Uh, sorry, four of five ground duels and two of three aerial duels. Um, uh, eleven, eight out of his eleven long balls were accurate. Like that's he was doing a little bit of everything. Um, mm. it, time and time again, it felt like the ball's coming into the box and he he was there. Um, so yeah, props. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Great, great game from Jalabar. Um and it was against um, a, a Salzburg attack and team that they they they, they threatened us. They threatened us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was actually pretty pretty impressed by them some, on the transition and just like they caused us a few problems. So it wasn't like an easy game at all. Um, Thiago Silva had to do his fair share defending too. Um, so yeah, well, it, 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 it was very very impressive. Um, just the last, just the last, last thing on the Salzburg game. There's just, there was one concern for me, um, and it was Kepa for me. Just, just a minor concern. Well, to be honest, it's not really minor because this is something that <laughs> I think is kind of synonymous with Kepa. Yeah. Um, and it's the way he commands his box, and I feel like he almost gave, he almost threw it away for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that game. I think there was two instances. There was one um, for a corner, and then there was one that Thiago Silva killed off the line. 
And uh, it's, it's, it's concerning for me because, um, yeah, he's in good form. Um, he's made some good saves in the, in the last few games that he's played. But just that element of command in the area, I'm just... It, it, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it, it's worrying me. And I've, I've got this sneaky feeling that he's going to bite us. <laughs> it soon comes. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna come back to bite us because yeah, like um, he does try to to to, to claim ball to, to claim balls um, crosses. He tries to punch crosses um, sometimes to good effect, but there are these these moments where uh, it's just not convincing. It's not quite as assuring yeah. as Mendy. Um, I don't know if you share that same concern, but yeah, it's definitely something that's worrying me a little bit. Yeah, uh, particularly you 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 read my mind on the the one particular complaint I have in addition to his distribution not being that good and supposedly that being where he's better than Mendy yes is those yes. those attempts to punch the ball and occasionally he gets them but at least once per game if not more there's these instances where a corner or a cross comes in usually a corner because he's a little more set up um, and he goes to punch even if it's over our own defender's head and I don't know if he's overestimating his own height or misjudging the flight or whatever it is but he gets and yet usually gets the ball clear enough and people are like well he did his job that's going to bite you because he barely gets his hand on it. He punches it weakly. He's trying to reach over to, you know, a defender and an attacker and, and kind of gets it clear. If that falls too short or if you don't get enough on it, uh, it gets put right into an empty net. So I really wish he would, he would stop doing that. Um, he's mostly claimed things out of the air that he should, but when it's a little iffy uh, and he still chooses to go for it, he's not quite reaching the ball. So that's concerning. I think just bottom line, we need to upgrade the keeper and I hope the club agrees. Um, Mendy getting sat and, and his form coming down this much is a surprise, even if I never, even if I thought he was sort of overperforming his baseline uh, at his best period under Tuchel. Um, I think falling off to making these errors and not really being good at almost any aspect uh, of the position was a little surprising. Um, and Kepa, we know what we're getting. Uh, he's in good form right now, shot stopping wise, but I, I, I still don't really trust him long term. And I don't think, other than a couple saves, maybe maybe three, being generous weren't like super stop, like, like crazy above expected um, stops. He's made some good saves. Occasionally some of our, are of his own creation where he kind of palms it back into play or like, you know, there's just, it's not, it's not totally convincing um, bottom line, but I don't know if we'll be able to move him as has been the issue all this time. So I hope they're looking at a goalie long-term. I know we get, we have Slonina, but I don't think he's ready to come start for us or anything next season. Um, So uh, yeah, I, He's a positive, but a concern right now. At the same time, yeah, definitely. And I think I think the biggest issue is his reach just isn't long enough. So where things are in the air or where shots are in the corner, I've got concerns that he can get there. Um, so yeah, and and I think it's a shame. I think people forget that Mendy was actually injured when Graham Potter took over. Um, so even if he wanted to give him a chance, he couldn't. Um, but yeah, it's a weird one because. Kepa's performed well enough to give his place, so it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to see when Mendy gets back in if he does get back in. But um, yeah, let's 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 move let's move a, let's, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Um, I, was, I think that was a very good debrief on the Salzburg game. Um, a lot of positives to take from from that match. Um, yeah, let's 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 backtrack a little bit. And and sorry, yeah, and let's talk about um, the Manchester United game. Um, on the weekend, um, so a one-one draw. Um, I don't know about you, but I didn't, I didn't really feel like I could take many positives from that game. 
um, in terms of, I think, I think for me, the main positive was that Graham Potter um, identified a problem and kind of, you know, solved it. But at the same time, I felt like it was a, it was a little bit um, naive to kind of go to him anyway. But um, yeah, what, what was your thoughts on that game? Um, I know a lot of us were kind of pessimistic because um, our recent results against United hasn't been good. Um, but yeah, what was your thoughts on how that played out? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it wasn't uh, the United bogey team has been a, an issue for years, but um, you know, same thing. They've they've been poor in a lot of the games we we haven't beaten them in. Um, this wasn't really one of those cases. Uh, we were the worst side on average, and I do agree there weren't a lot of positives, which is you know a little concerning. It's not all Potter's fault, given the squad shortages and the midfield and the injuries. Like I get all that, but. He did. He did, like you said, chose to choose to line up that way, um, putting the two in midfield and getting overmatched, and the wing backs and and the personnel decisions. Um, that, that was all up to him. Um, like you said, he at least did change it pretty early, uh, and we we were pretty immediately better. But even then, we did not create much. We we're a little, I don't say lucky to get the goal because that that was it was one of those penalties where it's like, well, those aren't usually called, but you know, it, it maybe is technically a penalty. Um, so we, we take that, but like not creating a goal really from open play, not really uh, not really challenging them much. We were definitely better uh, in the rest of the game after the after we made that change early. But um, yeah, I agree on the whole macro level, not the most impressive performance, um, and and that's not that's not new against United. But you were kind of hoping we to see a little something more dynamic, something different with Potter, um, and that looks pretty similar. So. Not not too encouraging. At least we followed it up with a good one. But um, these are the big games you want to see more in. So disappointing. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think it was just way too easy for United, especially in the midfield, to kind of uh, pick passes and control the game. Um, and yeah, like you said, on the possession, we didn't offer anything at all, which was which was really disappointing. Because I, I really felt like the, this United team, um, you can get at them, and I think I mentioned it on the pod as well. Um, that you can definitely get at them, especially if you kind of play with high energy and kind of uh, press them as well. Um, but yeah, they they kind of they they had the, the the majority of the ball, especially in that first half before Coptis came on, and we were struggling, man. We were literally struggling. Um, but yeah, as, when Coptis came on, the game completely changed, and I think from there it was, I think we were the better team from there, still without creating too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like I said, the penalty to me was was, was a clear stumble penalty. Um, but it was just disappointing to see that equalizer yet at the end. Um, I wanted to I wanted to touch on something. Um, I think I, I I personally found Potter's substitutions a little bit strange. Um, so particularly so with the sub um, for Kovacic, I personally would have taken off Chilwell and kept Kukurella on. Um, just for what Kukurella kind of gives us on the ball a little bit. Um, and also, um, I also found it strange when he took off, I think it was, he took off Aubameyang and then Sterling went through the middle. Um, I think Pulisic went out wide. Um, I found that a little bit strange, um, the fact that Sterling went through the middle for just for a little bit mm-hmm. um, before Borja came on. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not, and it's not the first game. I think there was another game as well where he made a substitution. I was a bit like, mm, not sure about that one. Um, I don't know. Is this something you've picked up on as well in terms of his substitutions, or is it just kind of me just going a bit mad? Um, I think it was a weird game. So, like, uh, for instance, the the examples you cited were were a little 
odd, but I think he was in the middle of kind of changing the setup. So I'm not going to try to read too, because the, the next sub happened pretty quickly after that, from what I remember, where Brodia came on and, and uh, Cardi came on as well, um, kind of changed things up. Um, the Kovacic one, um, I understand why you bring Kukurela off if you want uh, Chilwell to be more of an attacking threat. But yeah, if we wanted to gain, I think because he saw Kovacic as the one to kind of add a body to midfield and gain control of the game. So he wasn't going to double down on that by also taking off Chilwell and leaving the less offensive um, uh, like left back on. So I kind of get it. Um, but it didn't really, the team just never really came together. Uh, I don't know. I know he's still learning the players and also the midfield options are pretty dismal right now. Um, for me, Loftus-Cheek, not really a pivot player. So I don't, I didn't love that to start. Um, it just, we got played through so easily and we didn't really control the game at all. Uh, the midfield might not as well have been there for the first like half hour. It felt like, um, so yeah, the subs, the subs in some games have been good. I agree that across the board, I'm like, Oh, that's a little surprising, but um, it hasn't, it hasn't blown the game. Um, and occasionally it's gotten us the win, uh, depending like Pulisic coming on and being sharp or Gallagher coming on and, and scoring a winner. Um, those sorts of things, but yeah, I don't know. A little, a little hit and miss. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. Um, I guess it hasn't cost us just yet, which is, which is a fair point. Um, but yeah, just some, sometimes, um, I do, I just kind of just question kind of, um, you know, the logic behind some of the changes. And they haven't, they haven't been terrible changes. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're just not changes that I wouldn't make, but I guess I'm not a manager. So, <laughs> you know, but I think it kind of just comes down to, you know, that Potter is a, he's a, he's a real thinker. Um, and, he, and he tweaks a lot. Um, so, yeah, part of me kind of feels that maybe it's that kind of thing, just kind of overcomplicating it a little bit. But it could it could just be me. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll kind of have to watch the space on that one. Um, but, yeah, and I think also you said something very interesting. I think um, the Loftus-Cheek point, um, I don't I don't like, I don't think I like Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek as a pair. Um, I, I Obviously, I like Loftus-Cheek as a player. But I don't think him and Jorginho, I, I also like Jorginho as a player. Um, but I don't think them two are the best pairing. I feel like there's been few games. Um, I can remember one game last season where it was okay against Southampton, but I think generally it hasn't impressed me. Um, I feel a lot more secure when it's um, either Kovacic and Jorginho or like Kante and Ruben, I think. No, mm, yeah, Kante and Ruben can work, but yeah, there's just something about Jorginho and Ruben that I don't really like. And I feel like my... Um, my my thoughts were kind of confirmed against Manchester United, um, so yeah, I guess it's a, it's a little bit of an issue because we're kind of I wouldn't say we're light in the middle, but you know we've got injuries, you know, Kante and Kovacic is you know you have to be very very careful with him. But I think maybe going forward it might be um, better um, in a game to rest Kovacic where we play three in the middle instead of two, um, mm. just to give us that that little bit more, um, and that might give a role for Gallagher. Or maybe Mount to drop deeper, because usually that's what happens. Mount usually does drop deeper in big games, um, and I think Mount actually played in a midfield three in his first game. So I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I certainly think that if there's a game where we're probably resting Kovacic, that maybe we should play a three in there. Um, what do you think? I agree. Uh, I think he's one of the players in our options that, if we're doing a two, needs to be playing because he he has kind of both sides of the ball uh, in his in his locker. Um, I think what you said is true about playing uh, three because the we're not you said we're not short in um, we're not short in options 
in midfield. We're not short on, bo- but it's like it's an important distinction because we're not short on bodies necessarily, like numbers, but we are short on like combinations of players that make a cohesive midfield. Um, there's players yes, there exactly. who are, yeah, they're like they're individually talented, but the skill sets necessarily aren't complementary. And this is a you know long term squad building issue. Um, and the same thing's been true in defense, which is kind of why we've had this big overhaul. Um, and, you know, the same thing is still kind of true in attack, which is definitely in progress. Uh, the midfield is also emblematic of that of that problem. Um, it's like these players who are good at one thing, like Jorginho is the only natural kind of sitting player we have in the team at all. Um, so he almost has to play in, in either setup. Um, you can mitigate the weaknesses. I think the bottom line is you can mitigate the weaknesses of the midfield by playing three, because then there's someone in there who can do a little bit of everything between the, between the three. Um, but a lot of our, a lot of our midfield options for a two are not a, not a very encouraging or like promising pairing to me. Um, Loftus cheek has like a, I don't know. I, I just want him to be able to be the one, if he's one of the three to be the one having license to go forward, not the one who also has to play pseudo you know, DM or drop as often as he does, which he can do, but it just, it more often than not doesn't work. Um, and yeah, yeah like if Mount's going to play in the midfield, he can be the one going forward. Um, but Kovacic needs to stay back and even Kovacic goes forward, like we were saying. So like, he can't be the, he can't be the most naturally deep sitting if we're playing in a two or a three. Um, so like I said, Jorginho almost need, needs to play no matter what the combo is. Um, and then, yeah, then you have to compliment him. So it's just, more more complete skill sets would be great. Obviously, that's a rare thing to have, and that's why top midfielders are so sought after. Um, but if you're not going to do, not going to get one of those rare gems who can do it all, then you need a really complementary pairing. And so I, that's why I think this whole midfield rebuild chase uh, this summer, or even I mean this January, depending on how Todd's feeling, uh, will be will be a pretty big pretty big deal for us going forward. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree, and I think I think with Ruben, it's funny because. Um kind of like coming up um he was like box to box eight i think he was like super dangerous um carrying the ball going forward and then Tuchel kind of um deployed him in a deep position which i i actually think for the most part on the Tuchel, he he was he was actually very good on Tuchel. I, I, he, he never let the team down but um i always did feel like he was restricted a little bit just in terms of what ruben's best at um mm-hmm. and that's not to say he can't be okay on the defensive side but I definitely would like to see what you're saying as well I would like to see him given a bit more license to go forward again because I do believe he's, he's like super dangerous especially carrying the ball and stuff like that um, so that would be interesting if we was to play a free and he was to be given the license to kind of go forward because usually if we play a free it's usually Gallagher or Mount who are given the license to go forward and the thing is I said this last point if Gallagher plays he has to play forward like I, I, I don't like Gallagher deep um, especially receiving the ball um, I just don't think um, in the first in the first phase of play he's very good. Um, yeah. Even though he had a super game against um, Salzburg, it's but, like he's impact, he's impactful, but you do not want him doing certain things. Yeah, I don't want him picking up the ball from the centre backs. Mm-hmm. I think Ruben's better at doing that. So I kind of I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it because Ruben can he can pick it up from the centre backs, be quite comfortable. He's much more um, te- technically sound. Like that first touch much, is going to bouncing yeah, to an attacker. Technically sound, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of do get the logic now that I think about it. Um, but I, but I do just miss him kind of being the one to carry the ball and go forward. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe when Kante comes back, um, we can see a three of Kante, Georgina, Ruben, see if he gets licensed then. But yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a weird one. This the midfield situation is definitely a weird one. Um, 
but we'll see. We'll see. You know, you know, it's funny. This is this is an aside, but uh, I've been playing the new football manager, football manager twenty three, playing a little early. Um, and I'm not, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not the manager. I'm not Potter. But it really illuminates the squad issues when you're like trying to pick a formation, and you're like, man, we just don't have a right winger. Like, there's, <laughs> there's a team, and you're trying to make it work, and you're just like, I guess I could put Mount out there. Like, I guess mm. I could put Havertz. It just becomes pretty crystallized when you're when you're really trying to draw up a team sheet, and you're looking, and you're like, you know, I kind of see why we end up back at wingback so often because yeah. The options are just not – right now, it's just an imbalanced squad. Like, There's not a full complement of players for every formation, and it, it becomes really clear when you're, like, staring at it, trying to make it work. Um, yeah, mm. you, it, the deficiencies become clear pretty pretty fast. So there's definitely some definitely some personnel room to improve. Uh, in this yeah. Team. Yeah. I, I don't envy um, Tuchel or Potter mm-hmm. to manage this team because it, the squad is too bloated and there's too many players – um, not all of them are the correct profiles, but there's so many of them. So it's like yeah. you have to make something work. And the thing is, they're all of a pretty good quality um, for you to like. Still have to kind of get a decent result at the end of the season. Yeah. So it's like it's re- it's, it's really hard. Um, like Pulisic and Ziyech are perfect examples too. You're like, exactly. there's there's quality in there somewhere. I don't know if I'm going to see it today, but I exactly. I need someone who can play wide right. So I guess I'm putting them on the pitch. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yep. And it's like, yeah, you get it here and there, but you, you can just never really be too sure. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's funny you mentioned Ziyech actually because I was actually thinking to myself during the game that I'm happy like he might be the first one that's being frozen out, which is what we need. We need players to be frozen out because players need to leave <laughs> because it's yeah, just too yeah. much it's just way too much um i, I actually forgot to play for us it's, it's actually been so long um when he came on against salzburg i was like oh god you're still here um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah, yeah, jump you a jump scare oh yeah yeah literally <laughs> but yeah we we need we need to cut man and, and get and sort some profiles out um actually you actually reminded me of something um i think pulisic at wing back is a, is a decent option i can't lie i think whilst james is out um, I think if we played him, um, because at right wing back against Southwick, he was he was actually good. And I think if for balance, if he kind of played that position, um, and then we actually had like a Chilwell on the other side, so an actual defender on the other side, so it's not mm-hmm. too attacking. I think it could be decent because you know Potter likes to kind of tinker with. Uh, he would like, he will switch between a back five and a back four in game. So Pulisic more often than not will probably end up high up the pitch anyway um, when we have the ball. But I actually think it's a decent option to have. I can't lie. Um, especially he he's been one of the guys that have been frustrated um and looking for minutes in the team. Um I think there's a way in for him there. Um he probably wouldn't like to hear that if he heard this podcast because he, he obviously sees himself as an attacker. But yeah, the way yeah. kind of Potter sets up the team, I think it'll be decent for him, especially the fact that we'll probably switch to the back four in game anyway. So he'll probably end up as a right winger. But um, I don't know if you kind of saw that. Um but I definitely think I saw some good stuff with him at wing back. Yeah, there's a world Especially of... while Reese James is out, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Reese has that unlock while he's a well if he's back. Um yeah, I think there's some teams that works against I wouldn't want to do it all the time, depending who's running against him, you know. Um there's a certain energy and tenacity he has to kind of play in that position that could work. Um theoretically you uh, he hasn't really done it, so easier said than done, I guess. You'd want him shooting or having scoring chances. That's that should be one of the things he's bringing. Um but as far as like 
usually being okay with this, you know, either first touch or or dribble to get out of space or something. Um, it's viable. It's definitely it's definitely not my not my favorite option. Um, but there's there's something there. I think we probably not the last time we'll see it. Um, but yeah, I just we we gotta fix the we gotta fix the options because like you get you get forced into playing a wing back in some in some ways, and then you get forced into playing not ideal wing backs. So it's just the the squad overhaul needs to needs to continue for for sure. But Pulisic generally has been pretty because I, I I you know think some I mean, criticism really good man on the yeah ball. he's been good lately. I think some criticism with him overall has been pretty harsh. Like to pretend that he doesn't have any positive attributes, I think is is doing too much. Like he clearly on his day can can dribble can shoot is technically good um Definitely. that said i was willing to take the criticism of him and contribute to it myself because there was a pretty long stretch there where he wasn't really doing anything good um i don't know whether it was injuries or form or confidence but the dribbling wasn't there the shots weren't there mm. the decision making wasn't there um so on the whole been pretty mediocre i don't think you can say he doesn't have talent or ability but i do think that we would need to see it more and lately i don't know if it's physical being back to his you know best fitness or what very sharp in these last few cameos so um yeah maybe we'll see him more again yeah yeah and i think i think i think it just kind of goes back to what you said about when we were talking about habits as well is like you know fans kind of know you have a little something there and um it gets to a point when you're kind of not creating chances you're not scoring you're not really you're kind of just ghosting through games and it gets to try to get to a point where it's like, okay, what's your role on the team? And I think that's what what was happening kind of with Pulisic when he'd start, um, kind of like, I'm gonna say like second season of Lampard and then first season of Tuchel. I know he didn't get that many opportunities, um, to, to play from the start on the Tuchel, but there was a lot of times where I was just like, okay, like what is your role in the team? But now he's playing with a lot more, like, like you said, it could be the fact that his, his body's back back to its best again. Um, and he's be, he's fit again, and like you know, he's playing with a lot more like intensity, um, and just being intentional with his kind of dribbling as well, which is which is good. But yeah, he's 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 been one of the standouts on the par for me, definitely. And let's not forget, he played wing back under Tuchel at Dortmund, so you never know. Um, it could be a decent option for us. Um, but yeah, just just to wrap up the pod, um, if we just kind of look ahead to the Brighton game, um. Obviously, Graham Potter goes back to his old club. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on Brighton recently, um, but what what would you think of what, what's your prediction going into the game? Uh, this is a should win. I, I feel I feel bad for them. Um, you know, you do all that work, you pick the right manager, you make all this progress, and then because another bigger team isn't doing well, you know, there goes <laughs> there goes all your momentum. Um, you, they, they take your manager, and that's just life. I mean, that's just how it works in the Premier League. But um, I think this is a should win. They're not a they're not an atrocious team by any means, but they have definitely been markedly less good since Potter left. Um, I don't think they've won a game in their last several. Um, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look up their results, make sure I'm not making that up. But um, definitely a noticeable drop off. Um, lost to Spurs, lost to Brentford, drew drew Nottingham Forest. That's not that's not great. They should be winning that. Uh, and they got they got beat by City obviously uh, expected um we should be doing the same they are on a bad side but i think we have enough quality to see them off that's what you would hope um that's the sort of thing that you uh me or anybody would, would be on Tuchel for was like these should win games we're starting to get really dicey we were drawing too many of them the attack was not there um 
this is a in a in a way uh it sounds silly because we obviously have bigger matches um like united was was a big opportunity but these kind of small should win games you need to be like this is where you're like okay we should win three nothing if we're really if he's gonna build what he says it's still early but that would be the best encouraging side for me it's like a two nil three nil win like okay let's mm. let's take a team that we are objectively have more quality than um and and beat them by several goals like a good a good confident outing i know there's a lot of matches in a row we are not at max fitness the players are tired we're missing players like i do i do get the expectations get a little out of hand and and you know no club is blowing away um every team they play right now but a, a confident win would be really would be really great yeah yeah i'm, I'm not so much concerned about the scoreline i just want to see us dominate the game um, in terms of and create a lot of chances, that's that's the thing for me. I just want to see us create a lot of chances and perform well. Um, so games like Salzburg games are really encouraging. That's I want to see that again. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, like you said, the league performances have been very inconsistent. Um, in fact, they've been mostly average to be to be completely honest. The only good league performance in recent like games has been the Wolves game. Um, yeah. but I think the Villa game was average, the Crystal Palace game was average, um, the Man United game was average. The Brentford so, game was bad. Brentford game was bad. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just want to see a very good performance and I want to see us create a lot of chances. Um, I actually watched the Brighton game against Man City last week and mm-hmm. they went to the had and had a lot of possession. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't seem like that element has gone out of their game. I haven't watched um, a lot of their matches um, like generally this season, but I did watch the game last week and, yeah, they kept the ball really well. And, yeah, their uh, fundamentals are still there. Like their Potter yeah. sort of DNA yes, didn't disappear. Yes. But yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely still there. Uh, Trossard seems to have something cooking for everyone this season. Um, <laughs> so I think I think it's gonna be a tough game. I can't lie. I think it's gonna be a tough game. But um, yeah, it's kind of the battle of who can kind of keep the ball the most and you know create the most openings. But yeah, I think it's it's got the potential to be a very entertaining game. Potentially, um, yeah. it could be either very entertaining or uh, both teams could just cancel each other out. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, keep ball. Potter should exactly. know them well. He likes to he likes to tailor his both lineup and selection for the you know for the opposition. Uh, no better chance to do that than the players he knows intimately. So hopefully that gives us an advantage too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just want to see a, I just want to see like a good a good win with at least a couple well worked open play goals. That would be that'd be a dream. Yes, for sure, for sure. And I, I, I your your point you make a good point there. Um, like you said, he he. He tends to kind of tinkle with these teams depending on the opposition. So you'd hope, um, knowing Brighton, that he could he could have something up, up his sleeve against them. But yeah, man, just a good performance would do it for me. Um, and just to see a bit more of the process. Um, mm-hmm. If we just... Last question to end the pod. So if the performance on on Saturday is average, um, and it's, let's, let's, just say, let's say it's not impressive, right? Would you be worried... Or how will you feel? Because obviously, as we've mentioned, the league performances haven't been all that. Um, so how would you start to feel kind of like... Um, I don't... Yeah. Unless unless he strings together bad, like bad losses or just like more in the distant future, we can't see any progress or any signs of a change or anything. I'm not worried long-term. I get worried in the sense that like, man, we got to get through a whole season before we can start to change the squad. Because the, the bottom line is like, people are like, who, people who didn't want Tuka to get sacked are going to say, where's the improvement? Like, I thought we were supposed to be better. And, like, well, one, we haven't lost. So I think the mentality of the team and sort of the chemistry and the willingness to work with the owners, all these other factors, if if at worst he's doing kind of a replacement level 
swap for Tuchel and the, the the vibes, the chemistry, and the results are better, that's already a win. Because people are saying he doesn't drastically, like he still likes the wing backs, he still likes the three at the back. The departure in tactics and style is not that great from Tuchel. Um, why even do it? Well, it's like, well, if we're, if we're getting the results and the general philosophy is still the same and he gets on better with the owners and the recruitment staff and is willing to work with them and everybody's having a better time, then that's worth it. Uh, mm, mm. On top mm-hmm. of that, long term, you do hope this progression is supposed to come, right? I don't think mm-hmm. any of us, anybody being reason, reasonable or realistic would have thought or should think like, yeah, we're going to be playing Potter's ideal version of football in a month. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, you still have to give it the year. He's playing He's playing with no preseason mm-hmm. and no players that he brought in, uh, at least as well as Tuchel was, if not better. Like, Tuchel had those things. He had the preseason. He's been managing these players for seasons. Um, so that is already kind of a point in his favor. Like, he, he hit the ground, if not running, he hit the ground doing at least a little better than we were. Uh, so I would only really worry in the sense that we start to lose performance or the chemistry or the, the energy and the vibes start to go down and, and we don't see any progress in tactics or style. But I think more than anything, it would just make me really wish we could overhaul the squad uh, a little sooner. Cause there's just, it's a squad that has a high ceiling in terms of individuals in a way, but the cohesion is just not in a lot of ways at wing back at center back at central midfield in attack is just not there for a complete squad. So I worry more about the team and how much work we have to do in the transfer market and getting that stuff right uh, than I do necessarily like Potter doesn't know how to coach because he's already, to me, at least replaced the level we were on. If the performances look mm-hmm. kind of the same, the mm-hmm. major concern everybody had was like, he's an experience. He's never done it at a top club. Like you let Tuchel go for this guy who is X, Y, Z. It's like, well, he's the one who just finished first in the group. He's the one who beat Milan home and away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can, stop worrying so much that he's not that experienced and start mm. that like just believe that he has like his own vision and and wait mm-hmm. for it yeah 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 no i agree and i think also i think people underestimate that it, it, how hard it kind of was for potter as well coming in because as you said no preseason and also the squad like we keep saying this is so big so to come in like already like mid-season and kind of figure out what to do to get the results that he has, because obviously I think it's been nine games. I think it's been six wins and three draws, which is impressive. The mm-hmm. fact that he's doing that, he's get he's got that results, those results, along with while still trying to figure out who he's feeling, who's not feeling, what the best eleven is, um, who's good, who's not good, um, you know, what players, what profiles fit, um, what position and the system. I think I think it's it's a difficult job. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. So I think he definitely deserves credit for getting us those results and. Hey, look, it's definitely going to take patience before we start seeing um, what what we saw against Brighton, what we saw Potter do at Brighton, yep. at Chelsea on a weekly basis. It's definitely going to take patience. I don't expect to see it straight away, but um, yeah, um, let's let's just hope we see something on 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 Saturday. But um, on that note, Buzzy, it's been a great pod. Um, yeah, good talk. Yeah, very very good talk. Um, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it a lot. Um, and thank you guys for listening. If you made it to the end. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. So peace. Take care. Take care.
just brilliant run by Emma. Oh, that is absolutely phenomenal. You do threads on Twitter and ranting, doing the most. True say that money is power, so when you get money, keep fighting. Ghost, ghost. I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it Sports Social Podcast Network.